normal speaking. Normal speaking? I don't know how to normal speak. <laughs> I don't know how to normal speak either. <laughs> Hello and welcome to I Hate Your Movie, where me and my friend, hello, Rick Evans, we kind of, <laughs> kind of friend, or <laughs> oh, hello, kind of, yeah, both. Uh, <laughs> we inflict movies on each other for your entertainment. Yay! And this week it was my recommendation, and we watched the 2005 film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by Shane Black, the writer of Lethal Weapon and Predator. Did you write Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's more known as a writer, uh, okay. especially in 80s Hollywood. But this is a 2005 film. This is his first movie uh, that he's directed. Uh, and it stars Robert Downey Jr. straight out of prison <laughs> as the protagonist, Harry. And Val Kilmer, Michelle Moynihan or Michelle Monaghan. I've heard it both ways. Okay, I would say Monaghan. So <laughs> it's a comedy movie i guess it's a kind of a parody of a 1930s noir film set in the modern times you yeah. don't really get many comedy crime thrillers no but that's that's an accurate description mm. what did you think of kiss kiss bang bang uh would you like me to start my one sentence review please do okay so my one sentence review is drum roll please if this film was as clever as it thought it was, it would be a great film. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds like I didn't like it. I did enjoy it. It was good. But it's not something I would ever kind of watch again. Mm. Most of it's left my brain already. Okay. I have a complicated relationship with this film. Especially now <laughs> that I rewatched it. Because I haven't watched it in a while. I think about 10 years ago, it would have been in my top 10 movies ever. I really liked it. Yeah. Ever since then, my, my tastes changed and everything, and now re-watching it, I see a lot more problems with it than before. There is some glaring problems with it. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious if we think, think about the same things. <laughs> Probably not. You're going to be like, the lighting in the background and the 180 rule was wrong, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, that dude's called Gay Perry. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my problem with that is that too, but... Um, yeah. No, actually, it's very competently shot. But I still really like this film. I think it's smartly written. Especially, you know, Shane Black is known for that snappy dialogue. The lethal weapon, snappy dialogue. Banter. Yeah. Kind of back and forth. Who do you think does it better? Uh, Shane Black or Samurai Cop? <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Cop, definitely. <laughs> Samurai for sure. They're going to make the swap somewhere in the marina. Just stick close to them. Okay, Joe. Keep it up. Oh, it's up and ready. Uh, you just keep it warm. It's warm and ready. A lot of it is working against my taste, which is I don't like whodunits and I don't really enjoy crime stuff. But the fact that it's a comedy and there's more to it kind of rescues it. I like me. a good whodunit. So, Knives Out was a great film. Yeah? Great whodunit, yeah. Mm, I just don't... You know what happens? And it happened in this movie too. They just go like, Oh, Johnny Smith's daughter is actually Elizabeth... Olsen and Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> is actually this and that and there's like too many names and then too too many relationships for me to keep track of and I can't, my brain kind of goes into this white noise territory where it just all sounds like white noise and I just don't care I just really <laughs> don't care what I know but it happened in this movie too at some yeah, point yeah yeah for sure but 
the comedy aspect and the fact that you're meant to be kind of confused helps it. Mm-hmm. The movie starts in a flashback festival. Yeah. Uh, on a field. Where... Is it? I thought it was like, I thought you could see houses either side. Oh, maybe, yeah. Oh, maybe it was a house party. There was lots of things, though. Lots of little activities. Yeah. yeah. But the one we focus on is the amazing Harry, the, the wizard. The kid, <laughs> or whatever his name is. He's come out from under the stairs, and yeah. now he's chainsawing a girl in half. He's chainsawing a girl in half. Who gave a kid a chainsaw, by the way? Like, come on. Did like, you read that in the trivia? In no, the kiss, I didn't. Kiss, no. kiss, 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 bang, grivia. So, when asked who gave a kid a chainsaw, Shane Black said that it was a stunt kid. <laughs> I think it's tr- he's trying to avoid liability <laughs> with the joke but yeah they pretending to chainsaw a girl in half and she starts screaming everyone comes over the father comes over he opens the lid and you can see she's faking it she mm. says I want to be an actress <laughs> and the father just like starts slapping her like and we cut away yeah he this. literally raises his hand as if to hit and then it cuts yeah. to the cool animated intro yeah I quite like the animated intro yeah it's very... it's very kind of like early cinema mm. it's very James Bond the title comes from James Bond really one of the James Bond movies the theme song is called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang the term originates from I think Japanese people that's what I read <laughs> uh, s- describing spy action movies of the era that they they just call the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang movies yeah <laughs> accurate description <laughs> and then we cut to a party in LA immediate narration by Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Yeah, so, and how he got there. Yeah, so this film kind of goes back and forth, back and forth, which is quite disorientating, really. Yeah. Like, I think a story like this, if you told it in order, it wouldn't be a very good film. Yeah. And if your film isn't a very good film, if it's told in order, then mixing it up doesn't particularly make it any better. I'm not sure I agree with that. No. Editing is, you know, an important part of filmmaking. It is an important part of filmmaking, but... Would you say that about Pulp Fiction? I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in so long, I don't know enough about it. Because that that is also a film that's the interesting part, is what order it tells the story in. Yeah, there's a place for it, but this didn't feel like it needed to be out of order, and it felt like it was out of order to make it more interesting, which didn't really work for me. Okay. I understand it can be a bit jarring and there was a bit of lamp shading. Lamp shading? I'll explain it again. Is that, is that like gaslighting? Um, <laughs> almost. <laughs> lamp shading is when a movie does deliberately do something and then plays it off as a joke. Right. Like the, the quintessential example is Deadpool. It's like, oh, look at my b- or whatever he says <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I did that joke <laughs> it's kind of like that you know they make light of all this back and forth and mm-hmm. kind of flashback and then coming back and then flashback again Harry <laughs> says at some point that it was like a father telling a joke but he forgot the main bit <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah I forgot to tell you the guy was on a horse and the horse was blue <laughs> <laughs> it has a comedic purpose as well it does but if he's at a party then you flash back to him being a criminal and then if you just started the film with him being a criminal i feel like the plot because it's a ridiculous plot start to finish the plot would have taken me in more okay because it's like where's he going to end up next oh my god he's he's robbing the store oh my god now he's in a party in la you know and it goes forward like that whereas okay well let's see how i got there and then okay that's a bit of a silly story but if it starts with a silly story and carries on you know what i mean vaguely mm. I, I know what you mean, but I, I can see the merit of doing it this order. Okay. 
Yeah, and there's the toy store robbery, which is his flashback. So yeah. he, he was a thief. Yeah, which I really expected to come up more later in the film. I feel like that whole thing isn't really necessary. It goes into the theme of the okay. film. Okay. What do you think the theme was? Um, that people are horrible. People are awful. Bad too. I think the theme is sleight of hand. Okay. Because there's lots of... I mean, it's, it's not a perfectly executed theme. Right. But there's lots of little thematic resonance, which is little bits that connect together. Stop laughing at my made-up <laughs> words. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, my head went, we should get t-shirts made with thematic resonance written on them. That can be our new, <laughs> new catchphrase. Thematic resonance in big words. Carry on. He's set up to be a magician, mm -hmm. and he's there's multiple points in the movie where his sleight of hand kind of tricks come into effect. Yeah. But also, the movie, there's a lot of misleads. There's a lot of prestige, as the magicians call it in the movie Prestige. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's the whole theme of the movie, and I think him being a thief is part of that. But you are right. I think it should have come up more. Yeah. I just wanted one scene where he breaks into something. Yeah, or just pickpocket someone. He's kind of like this neurotic, awkward idiot in his head too much. Okay. What this reminded me of is like... <laughs> Everyday life. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But like Tom Holland, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. would have made a good Spider-Man in his uh, early years. Because he, he does the neurotic, kind of thinking about stuff all the time and kind of being awkward personality good I don't think he, is he particularly awkward I think but in this just, film yeah you think oh yeah oh uh, yeah i got a vibe of like he's just doesn't really care like all the people that come up to him and they're like hey what do you do and he's like oh that's over bye yeah that's weird i got that he's the woody allen I the got. woody allen <laughs> yeah wow it's like oh my god i never in this film got the impression that anybody gives a shit about anything really <laughs> well he he definitely gives a shit about harmony you know harmony gives a shit about her sister can we talk about the toy store robbery a little bit quickly? yeah yeah because that's my the favorite. toy story robbery toy store robbery okay <laughs> Harry and his co-criminals escape, and as they're escaping, some lady in the balcony pulls a gun on them, yep. and she's the accomplice. And you never see that guy again in the entire... No. It doesn't even, like, come up that he got shot, or if he's okay, or anything like that. I think it just adds to the tragedy of Harry's character a lot, because he's kind of tormented throughout the whole movie. I think it adds to the nonchalance of Harry's character. Like, he never even appears to think of it again, which, well, is, which is a dick move. Not that, but later on when he hurts people, he, like, has mental breakdown. I think that just, like, has an additive effect of, oh, my God, I fucked this up too, and I fucked that up too, and it kind of just breaks down. Okay. And he escapes to an audition. Yeah. Which is the funniest scene in the movie where he goes into this audition, but he's shot and he's like, police is looking for him, so he stays there. All right, they give him the script and it's the script is about like him accidentally getting someone killed. <laughs> so he like breaks down in tears and he's like, oh my God, I, I killed him, didn't I? That's how he gets to the party. At the party, he meets Gay Perry. Let's talk about Gay Perry. Let's talk about Gay Perry. A lot of Gay Perry's scenes you would not get away with no now. he throws around the f word a lot the f word yeah what we call cigarettes oh okay yeah 
everything about Gay Perry, or when they talk about his sexual orientation, it's all negative. Nearly all of the time, it's all very negative. Anytime Perry kisses a guy, because that happens a few times, everyone around is like, ugh. Yeah, honestly, I think that's more problematic than him throwing around the F word. All the, uh, gay. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think something got lost in translation, because I think there's something wrong with the writing of that character, and something wrong with the portrayal of that character. Is it a guy who's in the closet? No. Not at all. But he says at the beginning that he's, he does it for the ladies. Everything he says to Robert Downey Jr.'s character, it's always sarcastic. Do you oh, not okay. notice that for the entire film? When yeah. he calls him and he's like, someone's shooting at me, what should I do? And he's like, oh, you know, you should stand out in the open and wave your arms. Hide in the bush, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> Almost every single sentence yeah. that he says to him is, a, is sarcasm. I feel like then, if that's the character, right? Yeah. It's the bad portrayal. I mean, he's good at the banter and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what that character should have been and what they tried to do, I think, is kind of the Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones throwing dwarf and bastards everywhere. Right. Which is using your minority or whatever you want to call it status as a shield and a sword and he has moments he's aggressively doing the gay slurs and stuff like that as almost weaponized in the scene it's definitely portrayed as kind of like because he's quite a manly guy he's a fixer he knows what he's doing he's very capable in literally anything that he does in this entire film yeah i got the impression it's kind of like the film saying oh you know gay people can be heroes too or gay people can be competent too gay people can be manly too and it's just i don't think it's handled very well no, it's not handled very well at all. Because, duh. Yeah. <laughs> if you were the kind of person that didn't think that anyway, then you're an idiot. That kind of person isn't going to be swayed by this film. Yes. Special context is that it's 2005. If you're listening to us, you probably were born yesterday. <laughs> and then realised then 2005... Homophobia was rife. Yeah. If he was aggressively using his sexual orientation as a sword that makes people uncomfortable. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. But I think Val Kilmer didn't portray that very well. I think he did the best of it he could. He certainly did it in a way that made the character seem strong and in control. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. So I think then we go to Harmony's backstory. In our comedy podcast, let's talk about paedophilic incest rape. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Again, I don't think that was handled very well. No, I don't. I don't think it was handled very seriously. No, not at all. It's never, never, ever, even once, delves into like the psychological impact that no. would, that has on anyone else, on the sister or anyone I else mean, in the thing. It, it delves into the impact quite literally because she kills herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but spoiler other, alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. But other than that, yeah, you're right. Not really. I just, why would you have something that horrific? A in a comedy film. Yeah. B if you're not gonna in any way explore it. Yeah, you know, I don't mind being a comedy, and also it has this like tragic backstory. It was kind of treated like Disney kind of tragic backstory. Disney backstory. Yeah, it did, it was because <laughs> I missed that scene in Snow White. <laughs> But she gets raped, Snow White. Does she? she? She gets, well, she gets molested, she gets kissed while yeah, she's asleep. True. Because when they show what happens... Well, they don't really show what happens. Yeah, they? but he comes into the room and he takes her away. Yeah. And the way it's shot and the way it's told with, like, this soft narration, it kind of feels like putting this mystical glare on it while it's supposed to be a horrible, realistic thing. 
It's just completely unnecessary. Just have it where the father's like smacking him around. That would have made a bit more sense. Yeah. Based on the opening. You know, it wasn't presented too seriously. No. And that's the problem with it. Anyways, yeah, everything was kind of, oh, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it has Robert Downey's narration under it and he, he does the comical kind of bumbling voice all the way through. Yeah. And then like they just drop that. And they're like, oh, I forgot to talk about the robots. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, there's a bit of a tonal replash there. And so a guy who played Proto-Cop is drunkenly wandered into her house. She has a beautiful house for an unemployed actress, by the way. I always hate that in films. It's like a single mom who works in a supermarket and she goes back to this like five bedroom house and has six kids. Yeah, in reality, they all house share. Yeah. Someone lives in the bathroom. (laughs) Especially in LA. Yeah. So this giant robot drunkenly falls over the balcony and dies. Yeah. (laughs) And she's giving interview to the news. Yeah. And the guy at a party, Mm. like, decides that he likes her. Yeah. Probably because her bra is constantly showing throughout this entire film. Yeah. We get back to the party, and then Harmony picks up a book, Johnny Gossamer book. Johnny Gossamer book. Who is like this hack, fraud, <laughs> Agatha Christie ripoff, kind of whodunit book writer who just did it for the money. Yeah, so Johnny Gossamer is the character in the book. And she falls asleep reading it at the party. Yep. And then she almost gets day traped. Or sleep More break. hilarious stuff going on in this comedy film. <laughs> <laughs> well, the following scenes is because Harry confronts this guy. Yeah, that was really funny. I was really expecting him to be like this badass fighter and like, yeah. he goes, stop touching me, I'm going to fuck you up. And then he goes, and it's just him getting pummeled. <laughs> yeah, he gets hard cut, but his head is smashed against the <laughs> concrete outside. <laughs> this bit got real confusing for me. Okay. Like, really confusing. He finds her in the bar, and he starts talking to her, and the friend is like, fuck off, dude. And he's like, no, I'm talking to her, she's fine. And then he goes to walk away, because the friend's telling him to fuck off. And then she's like, Harry, don't you recognize me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're this person. And I expected them to have met, like, once or twice before, somehow, she was in New York meeting someone, they actually went out for a drink. But no, turns out they knew each other for, like, 10 years through yeah. high school and he didn't recognize her at all yeah you look pretty much the way you look from high school to your adulthood <laughs> yeah exactly like if i saw someone that i spent 10 years with in secondary school i would recognize them yeah i think especially if you were good friends yeah really good friends and it turns out he was pining for her this whole time. She was like the one that got away because she fucked everyone else in the school. Yeah. And he always wanted to be with her. And no, he didn't recognize her. Yeah. At the party, he says like, to Perry, he's like, oh, you know, that girl who got away, she's that girl. You know, so he kind of subconsciously, I guess, recognized her. Also, another big problematic thing in this movie is slut shaming. Oh, God, yeah. <sighs> To be honest, like, Harmony's character start to finish is very disrespectful to to females. She's constantly a sex object for the entire film. Um, She acts and dresses very scantily in a very kind of, like, objectify kind of way. She's constantly, like, everyone in there, any woman that sleeps with someone is a slut. And, oh, my God, you you fucked all these people. Yeah, uh, 
I used to love this film. <laughs> <laughs> I still like yeah, it. You were young. <laughs> you are forgiven. I was young. Uh, and then, so yeah, Robert Downey Jr. then sleeps with. It's a whole thing where they're getting to know each other and he's talking to Harmony and he's like, oh, and you just come back to my place, you know, bring your friend, whatever, we'll have a drink, it's cool. And then he wakes up in bed next to the friend. Yeah. <laughs> not her. And they have a big argument about it. Yeah, like, yeah. He goes to Harmony's house and they have a big argument about it. It was quite funny. I laughed when like, he turned around and he was like, Ugh! Especially because he described her as the scary friend. <laughs> I think that, that goes to his awkward, bumbling personality too, as well. That, and I think that, that goes that... to his... his he's a terrible person personality when he goes back to argue with harmony he's like oh my god blah, 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 blah. he almost yeah felt like a, a tom holland spider-man which is like this guy who never shuts up this bumbling woody allen type neurotic person and he just keeps making excuses but somehow puts him in the worst position <laughs> i think he's great i love robert dungeon in this film i don't no no i because i feel like it's an overconfident and he he's confident that he can lie to people and they'll just believe him. I don't think he's confident at all. Because, for example, when... This comes up later, but this is a good example of when he lies to Harmony that he's a private detective. He, he never says out loud he's a private detective. What happens was Harmony asks, are you really a private detective? And then we hear his narration is like, oh my God, what should I tell her? Blah, 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 blah. And then he says nothing. And that's just like no, a silent says, confirmation. He, no, he says nothing because her top's loose and her nipple's hanging out. Okay. That's okay. He gets distracted because he's okay. a terrible person. It's weird that we read that character very differently. Mm, I did, apart from all the horrible things we've just mentioned, um, I did quite like this film to a yeah. point. But it does bug the trend. I usually don't like films where the main character's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. But it kind of went, it was stuck with him enough. And he mm-hmm. redeemed himself enough in the end that it kind of works out. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is acting in this. Um, it's kind of this guy who just keeps talking. And he's kind of like, he thinks he knows what he's talking about. But he doesn't. He's an idiot. But he's confident enough that he's just going to keep talking anyway. That whole thing is like, if Iron Man was a loser. <laughs> you know, if Iron Man wasn't clever. Yeah. Or if Iron Man doesn't have his suit. I agree with that, but I don't still... think he's confident. No. I, f- I feel like he's the opposite of confident. He's very low confidence, but he like maybe like ambitious. Okay, yeah, still, maybe that's maybe that's a better way of saying. He, it. Yeah, he yeah. still like goes for things. Yep. And he's brave in a way because he gets involved in all this like fucking um, murder drama. But I didn't read that as confidence. I read that as like ambitious slash brave, but out of stupidity. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there is a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Yeah, and he he rides that line. <laughs> Gay Perry invites Harry to a stakeout. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. So, for the role that Harry is going for, the role is a private detective. Yes. Which is where the confusion comes from with Harmony. So, they set him up with Perry mm-hmm. to do some private detective work. Yes. Is that something you would... The only reason they do that is later on they explain in the film that... It was all a ruse that he was never going to get the part. Mm-hmm. It was only to uh, get money out of Colin Farrell <laughs> to have a negotiating tactic. He goes on a stakeout to learn how to be a private detective and it all goes wrong. Yeah. They stop at a lake and they don't know where they are and the car jumps over yeah, yeah. and lands in the lake. They're looking for the producer guy's daughter, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about Perry's gun? <laughs> He has the, the man in black. <laughs> um, it's like the roach or something, isn't it? Yeah. 
it's like a tiny little gun. Yeah. But to be fair, it comes handy later. It does. Do you remember what he calls his gun? Eftler something. Yes, he calls it the Eftler gun. A lot of funny things happen in this scene. Yeah. The car starts to sink. <laughs> and Harry runs in. He's like, oh my God, we're going to save him. And then he just gets halfway and stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that good of a person. Swims down and shoots the lock. Shoots the lock, yeah. Because the girl's in the trunk. And then they rescue... Rescue... They take out this uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, dead body of a woman. One thing that happens, which you think is again a horrible moment, which is we see her vagina, her dress like flipped up. You think it's like a horrible thing, but it actually becomes a plot point later. Gay Harry accidentally shot the. <laughs> yeah, when he's shooting the lockout, he shot the woman in the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, Harry throws the gun in the, in the lake, which again doesn't make sense because he has that gun loads more throughout the film, and at no point does he get that one back. I guess the implication is he had multiple. Yeah. Small guns. And multiple F slur guns, for multiple F slur shootings this has like one of my favorite little bit of banter mm. in it as well to be honest perry is probably the funniest character in this film because he has so many kind of like all he does is call harry an idiot and he's yeah. so angry at him all the time he's kind of the straight man pun <laughs> intended i guess rational guy yeah with the idiots my favorite is this is this bit where he turns around to harry do you know what you'd see if you looked up idiot in the dictionary picture of me he's like no the definition of idiot idiot yeah 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 <laughs> i've heard that line ripped off so many times i'm pretty sure it comes from this this movie oh really so after this they get back to harry's place again he's got a really nice place i guess the studio put him up in it but we'll, yeah we'll... that's more explainable yeah. yeah and harry gets a call that harmony has killed herself yeah he's devastated and he sits down on the curb and he leans up against perry's car and perry's like yeah i gotta go he's like okay yeah go no i gotta go and he just leans out the car <laughs> pushes him off the door <laughs> <laughs> and drives away. There's a very similar scene in Iron Man 3. Is there? Yeah, so I think he just likes those kind of car jokes. Tony Stark goes with the kid. Yeah, yeah, and he goes, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I know. You know how I know? Because we're so connected. <laughs> drives away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good at banter, this Shane Black. Um, did Shane Black write Iron Man 3 then? He did, yeah. Oh, did he? he yeah, he was writer-director. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. says it, this is his favourite movie he's ever done. Mm -hmm. And so he vouched for him to make the third one. Harmony comes to the door and she knocks on Harry's door and he's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when he, well, doesn't tell her that he's a detective, but she figures it out for herself, yeah. kind of, but he's not. This gets to the kind of my biggest problem with this film. And again, we're, we're kind of slagging this film off a bit, but it, I did enjoy it, like, for the most part. But this is my biggest problem with the film, and it's not just earlier with all the horrific stuff we spoke about, but you can kind of get away with that because it's so long ago, and if, if something happened so long ago, you can get to a point where you kind of normalise it and that kind of thing. But in this scene, her sister's just killed herself. And there's no emotion in it. There's no care. There's no, you know, she's not upset. She's not crying. She's not... Harmon is pretty upset. <laughs> Harry doesn't care. Harmon is pretty upset in a, oh my God, we've got to find out what's going on. No, she killed she herself. Cries. She cries. Does she? Yeah, she comes to the door crying, yeah. But like crying yeah. in a, I just stubbed my toe kind of way, not a, my sister just killed herself kind of way. That's my biggest problem with mm. the film, that at no point does anyone actually get emotional in mm -hmm. the way that they should and it's always this snappy dialogue and then it's even with this scene like her sister's just died and at this point she looks like she's on like massive amounts of coke 
because I mean everyone in this film I guess the implication of this film is that everyone's on tons of coke all the time <laughs> because they never stop talking and they never change their tone and they're constantly like oh my god are we going to do this now we're going to do this oh Harry we've got to find the, the person who killed my sister and, and then we've got to find the person who was impersonating my sister and who was my sister impersonating never is there kind of like a happy proper happy proper sad proper angry proper anything everyone's just always snappy dialogue all the time mm-hmm. it really takes away from the story because if they don't care why should i care yeah i wonder if some of it is the homage as a crime noir mm. there's a lot of markers that are in crime noirs and this is one of them you know the woman in trouble comes in through the door but you're right it is the snappy dialogue sometimes does take away a little bit from the overall story because it's a good story but it just needs just a little bit more emotional impact yeah just to kind of stop for a second deal with the fact that this woman's sister's died and then move on to him joking about her nipples yeah. you know you can't you can't have them both again not really relevant to the film in any way shape or form but that she's lying in bed and a spider yes crawls on her boobs <laughs> and yeah and he crawls into her bra and he's trying to swap it away and she's like don't worry about it i like i fell asleep and you tried to squeeze my boobs don't worry about that that's good it's fine don't worry about it what <laughs> Well, and that's his reaction as well. Yeah, that's his fair. reaction. So Harry acknowledges that that's a stupid reaction. Don't be like that. Yeah, like who you're hanging out with, that that kind of thing is acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a frustrating thing about this movie. Sometimes it's very self-aware and sometimes it's not. If you went, just went just a little bit more that way, yeah, yeah. it could have been great. Yeah, it really needed to kind of either stop for emotion or just don't stop at all. Just yeah. keep going like craziness. Mm. So the dead girl from the lake, yeah. the body's in his shower. Yeah, and he's he's peeing and he turns around <laughs> and in his shock he starts peeing on the on the girl. <laughs> on the corpse. Yeah, on the corpse, yeah. He goes gay Perry that he peed on the corpse. Yeah. Like, why do you why do you pee on the corpse? What the fuck? What's wrong with you? I like that he doesn't explain that. Yeah. <laughs> then, somewhat disappointingly to me, in my head, I remember that scene, obviously. Who who wouldn't? <laughs> um, I thought that it was a bigger deal than he peed on her because there's now DNA on her then, right? I thought that would come up later, yeah. Yeah, but no, they just abandon her in the street. Yeah, and at no point does it come up. In my memory, it was a bigger deal, and there was like more of a DNA kind of thing, and they had to like destroy the body somehow. Or See, something. again, the fact that he peed on the corpse, and the fact that he's a thief, yeah. and he's been caught before. So yeah. they've got his DNA on system, and they're going to match it with the pee on this body. Yeah, there you go. That's what I thought was going to happen. There you go, yeah. Yeah, that could have been, yeah. What could have been? What could have been? Can, can you get DNA from pee? Probably, right? Probably. It's for your whole body. Yeah. I've got, got to take something with it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. One to Google. If anyone listening to this knows <laughs> the answer to can you get DNA results from P, send us an Instagram. Send us your dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> send us a postcard yeah. with your P on it. <laughs> your P on it, yeah. The police are looking for them because how the dead body ended up there is because they wanted to frame Harry yeah. of the murder. So he has to find the gun. He finds the gun. And when Perry gets there, the police also get there. And they're looking for Harry. And as Harmony leaves the hotel, she misleads the police about uh, where they are. The police finds them, but they start kissing. Well, Perry yeah. forcefully kisses Harry. I think this is way more disrespectful than anything when he goes like, 
Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Possibly the most offensive thing in the movie. Yeah. It's just a kiss, goddammit. It's just a kiss, kiss, bang, bang. So on day three now, we yeah. forgot to mention this film's broken up into five days. Yes. Five acts, just like Suspiria, your favourite film. <laughs> so I've written my note here is, writing notes about her sister's death, drawing a cat, does a magic trick, why is everyone so insensitive? Because <laughs> uh, it's 2005 and everyone's an edgy boy. I have no idea what any of that means. So first, what happens is the police finds the body. Yes. And Perry wants Harry to leave town. I'm not reading this from a from a thing at all. No? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who's drawing a cat? Like, I have no idea what that's about. Harry's at the airport. He's talking to a air hostess. Isn't that the friend? Yeah, that's the flicker, the friend. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, scary... Flicker f- means girl in Swedish. So she, <laughs> her name is girl. <laughs> yeah, she's talking to this friend. And he wants to leave her a message because he realises that the two cases might be connected. So... Harmony's sister's suicide, which she thinks it's not a suicide, it's mm. set up. And Veronica Dexter, whatever she's called, kind of murder, uh, that they're linked together. And what Harry thinks is that this producer killed his daughter, replaced his daughter with Harmony's sister right. as a decoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so His she- wife had died and left all the money to him and his daughter, but his daughter wanted more of it, so she sued him. But then all of a sudden, miraculously, they made up and everything's fine again. Yeah, that's what Harry realises and tells to Harmony. His daughter is not his daughter, but her sister. So who's who's drawing a cat? So the cat... Who's drawing a cat? Harmony and Harry meet at a cafe or restaurant or something. And then Harmony asks, are you a real detective? It's like, are you going to take my case? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And she's telling him all the information about her sister's death, and he's just sitting there drawing a cat yeah. <laughs> on his notepad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I don't see him as like this Woody Allen character, because a Woody mm-hmm. Allen neurotic character would be trying to solve this. He'd be like worried what she thought of him, and he'd be worried, oh, am I good enough to be this thing for her? But he's not. He just doesn't care. I he's... think he thinks all that except that last thing. I think he cares for her, and he wants to solve it, but to but get, get with her. Yeah. So there's like this underlying kind of bad intention. Yeah. But the effect is the same that he's this bumbling Woody Allen. This movie takes place around Christmas. Yes. And I don't know if you noticed this, but all of Shane Black's films that he directed are takes place around Christmas. Uh, I know Iron Man is. Yeah. All of his movies. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know why. He likes Christmas, I guess. <laughs> okay. What other films has he done? Nice Guys. Predator. Predator? Yeah, the not the well, Predators. One of those. The, the crap Predator. The, yeah, the most recent one that's not Prey, and it's utter, utter shit because the studio messed with it. So Robert Downey Jr. goes to this Christmas party where there's a lot of performance art happening. Yeah, so Harmony's at this Christmas party as eye candy, yes. and he goes to meet her. In the trivia, it says that this is a real place. Right. A real party place where there's real people performance art and that Robert Downey Jr. used to work at this place. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. I can't believe I got the fun facts this time. Yeah, I have not managed to do much research. Your duties as fun fact <laughs> procurer are not up to standard. Oh my God, it gets so convoluted at this point. Yeah. 
so I mean try and keep up with what I'm about to say because if you're watching it in the film it's incredibly difficult to keep up with yeah so the producer we spoke about earlier who's having a problem with his daughter trying to sue his money used to be an actor used to be an actor and that actor was in a film of an adaptation of the book that Harmony really used to like. Yeah, the Johnny Gossamer books. The Johnny Gossamer books. So he played Johnny Gossamer in the film of the books. That producer and that film crew came to Harmony's town when she was younger. Harmony, who really liked the books, latched onto that and told her sister, because her sister was obviously being abused, she told her sister that their dad wasn't actually their dad, and actually their dad was someone who worked on the Johnny Gossamer film. So the sister then comes to Hollywood to the sister then comes to Hollywood to try and find her dad and finds actually the old actor now producer that is in a legal fight with his daughter. Yes. And none of that mentions Harry or Perry's part in this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know that. I don't think I could have done a better job. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a lot yeah. at this point. They've added too many layers yeah. at this point. If you managed to keep up with that, well done. Because <laughs> I did not. I started to put it together by the end. Yeah. But not in the middle. I was just, just white noise. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point, Harry tries to talk to Harmony... And she slams the door on him and his finger flies off. One finger, by the way. Yeah. He's clearly holding the door with all four fingers. Yeah. And she slams it and one finger comes off. Also, I don't think that's possible. I don't think so, but it's funny. There's lots of funny scenes with it, so it gets a pass from me. Yeah. Yeah. Harmony tries to take Harry to the hospital. Yes. And that's when the stakeout happens. Perry's own kind of investigation of the pink haired woman happens which is also a setup right he thinks he has a contact that he's meeting in the park yes right and that's the pink haired girl yes and right. then that's what harmony sees and then that's why they don't end up in a hospital and harry is just bleeding out in the back and just like yes passing out. that's how parry gets to her apartment yeah because she hears gunshots yeah runs away jumps in the nearest car yeah. Which has the keys in the ignition. Yeah. She doesn't know Harry is asleep in the back <laughs> yeah. seat. Yeah. Right, yes. I love that. That's very, like, situational comedy. So, yeah, we've got notes. We've got Google telling us exactly, like, what happened in every step of the film. And even we're having trouble keeping up yeah. with what's going on. Yeah. For most of the movie, it's not that important, the mystery. And that's why I think it works for me. Okay. It's kind of a weird contradiction where the story doesn't really matter. But... <laughs> I don't like whodunits anyway, so it works for me, you know. And by the end, I put it together, what happened, and only the end matters, really, in terms of the mystery. It's kind of like, I'm happy to go along with this ride of situational comedy of funniness. Yeah. There's a weird scene in this. Oh, just one? Harry walks into this person's apartment because he's outside it in the car. Yeah. And then someone's coming and he hides under the bed. She gets shot and she falls on the floor and her face is like looking at his. And it's like weirdly almost emotional at this point. But he goes to shush her. Yeah. And because he's got his finger missing, he shushes her. And as he goes shush, he just like smears his blood all over her face. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit of a tonal mismatch. Yeah. 
And, I found it funny because it was so awkward, and that one worked for me because yeah. it was so weirdly extreme in two different directions. Yeah, okay, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. But I tell you this: you definitely can pull DNA from someone's blood on someone's face. Yeah, bad news for Harry, yeah. even though it never comes up again. No, he was wiping down stuff, but mostly the gun. Yeah, and that's why he kills the guy. Yes, has a little mental breakdown. Is your socks has green Tibet? Hmm. I know what my socks is. Never read it. Great test. Green, green treat. Green treat. Yeah, I don't know. It must be the brand name. Okay. Keep trying to read it. Yeah. Well, we'll keep that in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need some kind of a content. <laughs> yeah. So Harry has a little mental breakdown when he kills the guy. He's a complicated character. He does have some sort of, even though he's horrible, he does have some sort of justice in him. He has a conscience. He does, but then, okay, so there's that scene, and then more tonal whiplash. Yeah. Because the next bit, you know, like, a dog eats his finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, it's kind of like the pissing on the corpse scene. I thought that would be a bigger thing. Yeah. Which is, they still have this finger in the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I thought, like, it would come up later in terms of they're trying to serve that lady's death and, the, like... I thought it'd be quite a comedic thing if the detective investigating that finds a finger in some dog shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's quite a funny scene still. Especially Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of... He just killed someone and he's trying to get his finger back. <laughs> so this is where they think they've solved the mystery for yeah. good. Because they think the sister is the person the producer hired to be his daughter for legal proceedings. Yeah but that doesn't turn out to be the case. Harmony and Harry go back to his apartment. She's getting naked oh, and getting yeah. into bed. From, again, boobs. No other reason than that, really. He's sitting there thinking about the girl they pulled out of the lake because he's like, I keep thinking, like, why wasn't she wearing underwear? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that was like, it's still a mystery because she was supposed to be this very religious person. Right, yeah. That's Finn. Like, that's real thin. I actually like it. I like I like that because it was like it is thin, but it is a little clue. It is a little clue, but like it's LA. I'm sure there's tons of air quotes religious girls walking around not wearing. I like I like the solution to it. It was an interesting. Twist. It was an int- it was an interesting solution, but they I don't know. They might have done. It something. wasn't that the obvious solution would have been oh she was actually a slut, but no she was a hospital attendant. <laughs> well, hospital. Lee, hospital. She was hospitalized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hospital attendant would be someone who works in the hospital, right? Okay. Hospital. Patient. Hospital participant. <laughs> participant. <laughs> she wasn't wearing underwear, therefore, obviously, she was in a mental institution. Yeah. What? <laughs> this bit was a bit confusing to me as well. I think it played out well in the end, but I just wasn't done right because she's outside on the phone and he mentions something about the woman not wearing underwear again. And she's like, oh, I need to do something. And she shoots off. And then he mentions the same thing to Perry yeah. for some reason. And Perry figures it out it's yeah. kind of a mental institution. They assume that they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So later in the thing, they go to the mental institution and there's two guys there that want to kill them. And they're on the phone and they're like, oh, Harmony, we're at the mental institution. Where are you? And she's like, well, I'm out i'm like shopping or something <laughs> what are you talking about it's like i had to figure something out yeah i was I had to go get some shoes or whatever yeah. 
then they said, oh, this is salt. We know what happened. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, it's just like a Johnny Gossamer book. Except, oh, it didn't have torture in it. And they, they say all the things that's going to happen later on. Except the fake-out ending as well. Yeah, the fake-out ending. And they didn't torture anyone. And he kills 16 people. Why is it always 16 people? Yeah. I like those little details. He gets confronted by one guy. Mm -hmm. They try to keep up and ask all these questions. And Harry has enough because the guy is not answering and he does a Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does a Russian roulette. <laughs> he puts one bullet and it spins it and then immediately just shoots the guy. <laughs> My favourite bit about that is it's a six shooter. So he spins it, shoots it, and he's talking to Perry. And he's like, what were the odds of that? Like one in nine? Yeah. No, it's a 6%. <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> and then as Barry like tries to deal with the situation him in the background is like wait so what he's trying to do the maths again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like Harry, yeah. Barry's like stop multiplying <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah no, 9% definitely 9% <laughs> I actually thought like he'd sleight of hand taken the bullet out oh. and that he was just going to keep spinning it and shooting until the guy talked mm -hmm. but now he should just shoot straight up shoot him in the head <laughs> Yeah, one is smarter, one is funnier. <laughs> what can you like? At this point, I feel like the film's too long for its own good. It's just, it's just a hundred minutes. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It might have felt too long because of the constant flashbacks and flash forwards. Yeah. That I'm might not. Just... That doesn't have the pacing for sure. And it's there's the constant talking. Everyone's always talking. There's a car chase. They. Uh... They're chasing a van with the coffin in it. Yeah, the coffin falls out and the hand falls out of the coffin. <laughs> and Harry falls off the overpass and then he catches the hand. <laughs> to call this film grounded would be a lie. Yeah, but, I don't think it's trying to be. But I felt throughout the most film, this is kind of like stuff that could happen. Mm -hmm. And the end is very lethal weapon. You know, it's very actiony. Yeah, so he jumps off the overpass onto the coffin grabs the hand gun lands on top of the coffin he shakes the hand <laughs> <laughs> to get the gun yeah. and then he shoots while hanging from an overpass he shoots perfectly with his weaker hand and he kills people driving towards him in a car mm -hmm. it's just it got too silly i think it was too silly from the beginning I think when it becomes too silly is at the very beginning when he stumbles into the casting. You know, that didn't stick out to me too much. And Perry gets shot. Yeah. Harry kisses him and then <laughs> he throws up blood and goo. He's not disgusted by then. No. Even though that's when he should be. <laughs> There's a quite funny bit. Again, it, it plays on like an action film regular. Harry gets shot, but he gets shot through Perry. Yeah. And then he goes to Harmony oh, yeah. and he pulls out the Johnny Gossamer book and he's like, oh, it's all right, the, the book stopped the bullet. And she just puts her finger all the way through it. And she's like, no, it didn't. Yeah, he's bleeding. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah, that was funny. Harry's in the hospital. And this is where the most ridiculous things happen because it gets a bit meta. Yeah. Perry's alive. Um, he's like oh yeah I know what you're thinking like Perry's alive oh, normal story ending why don't we just bring everyone back and yeah. then everyone that died in the film walks into the hospital room followed by Abraham Lincoln and Elvis <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> that's a comment on his lethal weapon movies because the studio did want a, a happier ending okay <laughs> and then there's a weird scene at the end yeah 
Um, and Harry introduces it as the narrator as, oh, for your viewing pleasure, where Perry goes and talks to Harmony and the dead girl's dad. And he just goes up and just smacks him in the face a, bunch, a couple of yeah, times. He's old and he's on the, on the bed, yeah. Linked up to drips and air and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And he just smacks him in the head a few yeah. times and then walks away. I guess that's the solution because the, the twist is that the two cases weren't connected. Uh, or not in the way that we thought. Because what happened, Harmony's sister did kill herself. Yeah. Because she saw this... The guy who played Johnny Gossamer. Who she thinks is her dad. Who she thinks is her dad having sex with the girl who was impersonating his daughter. So she had like a f- bad flashback, I suppose. Yeah. So it, it was connected in a way, but not that kind of criminal conspiracy way. Mm-hmm. And that's the solution to that mystery. Is that he goes and slaps an old guy. <laughs> didn't think it was necessary. It was a little bit. I, I feel like, you know... If he goes into that room and then smothers him with a pillow, yeah, that's I, the end. I was end wondering of it. why not just kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that that would be my ending. Yeah, that's that, what I that thought. Causing yeah, shit. Sure, it is. Stop it. <laughs> I've done that so many times. I hit it with my hat a bunch of times. Yeah, thank you. I saw it. Yeah, I think at that point we should have killed him. They yeah. killed so many other people. Who cares at that point? And then the last, last scene is Harry kind of summarizes everything. Yep. He's very meta, saying the film is over. And then he just has a little rambly monologue. Which yeah. Is, Stay for the credits. Spoiler alert, the best boy is someone's nephew. <laughs> that's it. Yay. Yay. To be honest, how much I enjoyed this film was higher at the start of this recording than it is now because yeah. now we've kind of taken it apart and it's it has a lot of flaws it has a lot of flaws i still think it's a good movie yeah it's a it's it's a funny movie if you would just want to see a funny crime <laughs> what so if you want to see a funny crime uh, if you want to see a funny crime <laughs> Not a funny crime film it's yeah. a funny crime the funny crime is when there's 15 clowns robbing a bank and then they all get into the same small car and then they drive away, and that's a funny crime. That is a funny crime. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that would be quite funny. I really thought you were explaining a scene from the film, and I was like, what was I for that? Did I miss that bit? Because <laughs> there's so much going on in this film that if that had happened, you could actually have that scene in the film, and mm. like, I might not have noticed. Actually, the reason I recommended this is because a Guns Akimbo reminded me of a little bit. Yeah. With the narration and the awkward main guy and I was like, oh yeah, that, that movie, I really like that movie. I don't think I realised how long ago I've seen it <laughs> and I've, my movie taste has changed so much since then, you know, since I discovered weirder films. <laughs> it's a good movie to check out, especially if you want to see where Robert Downey Jr. kind of restarted his career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like Lethal Weapon, that kind of, if you like Samurai Cop, <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it? What would I give it? Again, at the start of this, I would have given it like five. But now we're down to like a four, maybe even a three. Wow. Yeah, like four. Four, three seems harsh. Yeah. It's a well done movie. It's It has some glaring flaws. Thankfully, I think it's more than the sum of its parts. It's incredibly of its time. Yeah. Which counts massively against it in yeah. big, big places. It didn't age very well. No. Uh, I I still like it, but not as much as before. I would give it maybe a six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like above average. 
So, what's next on the agenda? Have you come up with a recommendation? So at the start of this recording, I realised that I hadn't actually picked a film to recommend. Um, and I have thought about it while we've been talking. And I've decided to recommend a film that I didn't particularly enjoy. Mm. But it's a film I'm really interested to see what you think about it. You might kind of see a few bits that I don't see. Okay. Right? Stars Margot Robbie. Oh. Oh, you don't like Margot Robbie? I'm kind of sick of her now, but go on. Okay. You are the only person in that category. (laughs) Apparently. So it was Margot Robbie and a bunch of other people that I don't remember, but it's Babylon. Okay. Damien Chazelle. He's the director of La La Land. Oh, and um, drumming, drumming, bad drumming teacher. Bad drumming teacher. That famous film. (laughs) That famous film. Bad drumming teacher. Uh, Whiplash. What? Whiplash. Okay. You've not seen Whiplash? I've not even heard of Whiplash, I don't think. Whiplash is an amazing film. I think we've just discovered Dan's recommendation. Have for you the not next... seen Bad Drumming Teacher? <laughs> have, you, have you not seen Bad Drumming Teacher? It's a famous film. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Number one in Blockbuster. J.K. Simmons stars as Bad Drumming Teacher. <laughs> You've not seen Whiplash? I, I, you oh seem shocked by this. I am. I thought we talked about it. No. Drumming. <laughs> I know what drumming is. I have flashbacks when we talked uh, about it. Just, Dan just mimed drumming. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know what drumming is, Thinky. Um, thingy is in it. Fuckface. Fuckface. Who was a uh, Mr. Fantastic in that in the terrible Fantastic Four movie? I know who you mean. Yeah. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah. Fuckface. Fuckface. <laughs> oh my God, we have to watch Bad Drumming Teacher, <laughs> and we already have an episode title. <laughs> We're definitely going to have a Damien Chazelle double bill. <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to watch Bad Drumming Teacher as well. Bad Drumming Teacher. <laughs> also, listen out for this month. We have a special Halloween episode. Yes. We're going to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. And Chopping Mall. And Chopping Mall. <laughs> Classic double bill. <laughs> Classic, yeah. They have so much in common. I mean, just from the title, you know, you should know that it's the best movie ever. And it's yes. about robots that in a mall and they start killing people. Oh, I thought it was going to be zombies or something. No, it's robots. They look as effective as a Dalek. But like, <laughs> maybe a little bit more because they have arms. But like, they're just little tin cans that go and kill you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, look forward to our Halloween episodes. Yeah, and our Damien Chazelle double bill. Uh, Damien Chazelle double Burbilland bill coming up. And... Bad drumming teacher. Thank you very much. Thank you. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And always remember that our Patreon is only £1 a month and you can get an extra bonus episode every month. And you can suggest us movies to torture us with. Yes. Like recently we watched Sausage Party. Yep. And that episode is up and uh, it broke both of our brains. It did. Uh, it's patreon.com slash I hate your movie for £1 only a month. Cool. Thank you. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Thematic Resonance 